This time on episode 442 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we talk She-Hulk Attorney at Law episode 4, Is This Not Real Magic? We talk weekly Marvel news, including Chadwick Boseman winning a posthumous Emmy for his What If voiceover performance. Avengers Campus's Shang-Chi shares a really sweet ASL conversation with a fan. She-Hulk star promises Marvel cameos that nobody knows about yet. And your feedback, including Twitter responses from listeners. I'm SP from Better Podcasting, a show dedicated to help make your podcast better. And it is part of the Get a Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other insightful and wonderful geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. And now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Lauren. I'm Agent Michelle. I'm Agent Chris. And I'm producer of the show, Director S.B. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Marvel Comic Book Universes as told on screen by a secretive company called Marvel Studios. The show is recorded on Saturday, September 10th, 2022, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and continuing our contract, Broadcast Court TV Wide. Come join our live chat as we record. And if you didn't already catch it, we love talking about Marvel. Uh, Because, like, not knowing where the why is. If you think you have found our missing why, you should probably head over to legendsofshield.com and let us know where it is. You can also like talk to us at our voicemail 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. If you know where the why is, you can share your information on Twitter at Legends of Shield. If you have some really good follower numbers on YouTube, you can just make a video and show us where the why is and make sure to tag us at youtube.com slash You can join our Discord server at gunnageek.com slash Discord and talk about your favorite mixed drinks there. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the gunnageek.com network. Like, why does there only have to be like one why? Can't there be like two or three whys? I'm getting that mental picture of that woman who is sharing the rejected baby names and they're just, it's filled with whys and it's, yeah. 10 N's, three whys, a Z. I saw somebody the other day that wanted to do the AE connected with a bunch of the baby names and people were like, please no. I almost asked you if any of the shows on the network even have a Y in their name. <laughs> I don't know, actually. Oh, my God. Now I'd have to think. Uh, yes, Adventures in Aurelia. Play Comics does. Hey. You think I know that? We found some whys. <laughs> I'm in education, so the spelling of names, I'm just like, you put so many extra letters in Sean. 
there's a bee in there for no reason. I understand. I guess what? It's a Gen X millennial thing to do these weird spellings. It's a white person name. It's a white person thing. It really is. I'm a biology teacher. I know how to dispose of bodies. That's what I was looking for. Anyway, yeah, lots of fun stuff. I think Madison was one of the best parts of the episode. The episode was full of lots of stuff. We'll talk about it in a second. But before we get there, I wanted to say thank you to our listener from last time that was explaining how to get Orphan Black. Unfortunately, I didn't go with the library copy because I didn't know how long I would need to watch it. I think they give you like two weeks or something like that. I knew it was going to take me more than two weeks, but I did buy the Blu-ray of Orphan Black Season 1 on Amazon. The reason I did that, first of all, I wanted Blu-ray. I wanted the 4K just because, well, I have 4K TVs, so I just didn't want it to be grainy. Second of all, I went to Amazon to buy it digitally. There are episodes missing. Episode 1 is not available. So you buy the season and you can't even get Episode 1. It's just Episode 2 is not there. I believe Episode 4 is not there. There's no rhyme or reason to the episodes that are just not available. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get the Blu-ray so I see all the episodes. I've been watching this, and honestly, she is so good. I know it's the same actor, but I can't tell it's the same actor. Some of it's makeup and hairdo and, and costuming and stuff like that, but she just does it so well. I'm like, I know it's the same one, but... I can't tell. She's so good. Yeah, you just keep forgetting. Oh, my God, this is the same person as these like eight different characters. Right. And we're talking about Tatiana Mussolini, who's the lead actor, Jennifer Walters and She-Hulk here on the She-Hulk attorney at law series that we're covering. Anyway, I just want to say thank you for that. I did not go with the library option. It is available. The DVDs are available at my library. I just chose not to go that route. All right, you guys ready to talk some She-Hulk? Ready? Yes. I'll swipe whichever direction is the correct one on that. She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Episode 4, Is This Not Real Magic? Premiered on Disney Plus Thursday, September 8th, 2022. The IMDB description reads, She-Hulk's new client, Wong, is suing a magician for unauthorized use of the mystic arts. Lauren, who directed the episode? This episode was directed by Kat Coiro, who has 30 directing credits starting in 2007, including one of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, four of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, one of Modern Family, two of Dead to Me, the 2022 film Marry Me, and six of the nine episodes of She-Hulk Attorney at Law. And I believe all of them up to date. So she's done all four of them and done an amazing job. Michelle, who wrote the episode? This episode writer is Melissa Hunter. And Melissa, you understand me on so many levels. Melissa has 13 writing credits starting in 2009, including two Maya and Marty, two episodes of Santa Clarita Diet, two of Home Economics, nine Close Enough, and this episode of She-Haw. And Jessica Gao is the She-Hulk showrunner. All right, every week we run into this so we don't get into a this, then that, then that, then that situation. We have an exclusive Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. synopsis. Michelle, why don't you start us off? Donnie Blaze's magic show is lackluster, so he brings a volunteer to the stage. 
Meet Madison with two N's and one Y not where you think it is. No one is impressed by the fake flowers. To win the crowd, he opens a portal. Poor Madison goes through an infernal dimension and lands at Wong's place in Kathmandu, Nepal. Madison commits one of the worst sins of our modern times, spoiling a TV show. After acknowledging that everyone loves Wong, Jen tells her dad that she's a Hulk, so she doesn't need his protective measures. At the office, Wong brings his air quote game and a case to Jen. Wong wants to stop Donnie Blaze from using the mystical arts. Jen has to tell Wong that the case won't be easy because he didn't get anything in writing. Donnie Blaze fights Wong's cease and desist order in court. Wong reluctantly brings Madison in to testify, and she's happy to help Wongers. Unfortunately, her boozy testimony about meeting the demon Jake and having a spooky fun time doesn't impress the judge, and neither does Donnie and team's impromptu magic show or Wong's speech about dimensions being in danger. The judge does allow Donnie to keep performing so-called magic. Dating is hard. App or no app. After an awful date and getting no matches, Jen takes Nikki's suggestions and makes a profile as She-Hulk. Guess what? She-Hulk has to suffer through multiple bad dates before meeting a hot doctor. She-Hulk decides to bring Dr. Dreamy home. Word has gotten out about Donnie's firehole. To impress his audience, Donnie creates a bird that lays an egg. The egg hatches. The baby demon immediately causes trouble. By trying to solve the problem, Donnie makes the situation worse by not being able to close the portal to the demon's dimension he opened. Donnie's antics interrupt Wong watching This Is Us, and even worse, She-Hulk's date. Wong and She-Hulk work together and send the demons to an area with snow-covered mountains, and She-Hulk convinces Donnie and Cornelius to agree to Wong's terms with the cease and desist. Rita Hayworth once said, men go to bed with Gilda, but awaken with me. And Jen learns that truth as Dr. Dreamy is disappointed to see Jen in the morning. Titania has been released and has had time to trademark She-Hulk. Jen's morning ends with her getting served court documents from Titania Worldwide LLC for misuse of a trademark. Yes, Jen, you're right. There is a fun tag. Wongers and Madison discuss what drinks they have and haven't had while watching This Is Us. Madison wants to try yak milk. All right. Overall thoughts to the episode. Lauren, what do you got? Okay, so my best friend is a trademark and copyright attorney, and I've helped her out with proofreading some of her stuff before. So I'm not a trademark attorney by any means, but there was enough here to be like, ha, this is funny. Mary, you're going to love this episode. And she did. Wong and bad dates makes for a great episode. Jen just wants people to like her for her. But which her is her? I know about you guys. I've just been having fun watching this. There's not really a lot of thought that I put towards this whole thing. I just sit down and I am legitimately entertained. And I have to say that I have not dated in the era of dating apps. I just haven't done it. It's not been a thing for me. So I haven't experienced any of this. So every time I see this on screen, I'm like, oh, that's what it could be. And I get reminded why I'm glad I'm so old. All right. 
Let's start talking about the episode. And we definitely have to start talking about Wongers. Now, I have to admit, every time I see Wong on screen, I go back to the Martian just because he was in the Martian. He was the head of JPL over there. Benedict Wong was as the actor, not Wong, the Supreme Sorcerer. But I enjoyed seeing him. And it's kind of nice seeing that he's got kind of a home life. You know, he sits down and, like the rest of us, tries to binge watch some series that have been noted over the past few years and just haven't had a chance to watch so yeah wongers he's just a normal dude and once he confronts the situation he tries to take advantage of trying to solve it because he kind of has to as the sorcerer supreme so what do you think about wongers there lauren okay so first of all every time i see him i think of him as trey in sunshine which is a fantastic movie one of my favorites And I've just been so happy to see how his career's been going since then. He is so fun. He's competent. He's relatable. I'm so glad that we're getting more of his home life because, again, Wong was kind of a standout character for me in the Doctor Strange movies. He's just, he's fun. Wong, first off, he's dancing to the Sopranos theme song. All he wants to do is take a break from being the Sorcerer Supreme to catch up on some TV shows. I'm happy that the picture was great. He's got great TV and the picture was amazing all the way to Kathmandu. So that's awesome. And I like how his problem solving when he's at Jen's office is first well, all the students take a pledge to the mystical arts. And Jared is like, that's not going to help us. It's not according to the book. And he's just like, the book of Ashanti? No, the book of American law. And then, of course, again, that extra layer of Wong suggesting of sending Donnie into the mirror dimension. I love that him sending things to the mirror dimension is becoming... And a running joke and now part of me thinks instead of shoving everything into a closet he just has this storage room in the mirror dimension and whenever he needs like extra blankets or something he's going into the mirror dimension and getting his extra blankets or extra sweaters and whatever he's stored and brings them in I think that's what's going on he probably won't even die it'll be fine I'm starting to think that the mirror dimension is just a giant plot thread that's getting dropped for us, so I'm waiting to see what's going to happen with that. But I'm also loving seeing this other side of Wong, and I feel his pain for not having seen TV shows that everybody thinks he should have seen. At this point, I don't know if I'm ever going to start Breaking Bad, because I have so many other things I need to watch. Talking about plot threads, I can't wait for Jen's dad, Morris, Morris Walters, played by Marklin Baker, to get to use a shovel. I mean, he brings the shovel in. He's like, I'm going to dig holes. And she's like, well, don't worry about it. I got it. She-Hulk, I'll get it. And he's like, what if what if it doesn't? And she's like, well, then you could use your shovel. So that is a plot thread right there. It's going to happen. so supportive. <laughs> uh, but back to Wonger is, you know, he's just chilling out and everything and then madison comes in right and she, it's so funny like the valley girl shows up it, it, that's just my broad brush for girls and women like that i guess I, maybe it's stereotypical i don't know but anyway she comes in 
And he's like, where are you? Where do you come from? And she's like, well, from Fort Lauderdale. But then dad got married and then I go there sometimes. And he's like, what's your address? I'll send you to there. And she's like, uh, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> her then, just holding a heart in her hand as she drops in and just being so chill about it. She's just she's fun. I like her. I hope we haven't seen the last of her. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Even if we have, she has made such a positive spin on this whole thing. Well, and then Wongers brings up wedding, right? So whose wedding is he referring to? I don't know. I was wondering if y'all had any idea. I've been thinking that over and I haven't been able to think of anything. I was thinking it might have been the wedding at the beginning of Doctor Strange, but that wasn't in where he's at. It was in New York. So, yeah, I mean, I guess. If you go with that, it could be that like he and Steven had kind of a, I don't know, commiseration night. I think it's a wedding off camera and something that's so open that they can just sort of stick anywhere, whether it's in the new Doctor Strange movie or someplace else. There's a wedding and then there's Wong there and you're like, oh, that's what he was talking about in She-Hulk. Yeah, I don't know if that'll be something that is brought up again or not. There's so many things that can be dropped in these series and these movies that either make it forward or don't make it forward. It's hard to conceive what actually is a plot thread or not in the MCU. One thing that I have to ask you guys a question, because it was brought up several times where Madison spoiled something for Wongers. What is the current time limit designated for spoilers? Are we talking a year for something that's been streamed for movies? What is the accepted time limit? Okay. First off, the accepted time limit, general six to a year, I would think. The problem is when you have someone who's sitting down in their own home, ready to watch the episode, you should not spoil it for them. That is really the sin that she commits. He's getting ready to watch this episode. And she's there and completely does the spoiling the ending of an episode that he was going to watch. So there is two levels to spoiler etiquette. Again, in general, I would say six months to a year. I know some people are like, well, it's been out for a month. But when definitely when you're at somebody's house and they are going to watch an episode, you should not tell them the ending of that episode. Most Discord servers that I'm on, whether it be for TV shows or comics that come out or something, they're saying like a week at the very minimum you should keep everything under wraps. And even then, sometimes they're kind of shuttled off into their own little, hey, this might have spoilers section. Yeah, all of the, the discords that I'm in have a dedicated spoiler section or, you know, rules about, hey, if you're talking about something that happened like in this past episode, use spoiler tags. I will agree with michelle that kind of six months to a year seems to be the accepted amount but if somebody is watching a thing you don't go and be like oh this is the one where this happens this is how this one ends 
it's so fun to watch people react to a thing when you know it's coming. Just don't ruin that. So yesterday on Twitter, I had a, it's not a thread. I just posted a bunch of tweets critiquing Top Gun Maverick. I watched Top Gun Maverick. I bought it last weekend. I watched it. I enjoyed it. It was a fun film, but I had some things to say about it, good and bad. And so I threw that on there. And as I was doing that, I'm like, my followers, if they haven't seen it and they're going to see this critique, is, am I spoiling stuff for them? And yes, I would be. But I would think now, because Top Gun came out a few months ago, I would think now, especially since it's out on digital streaming, you had to purchase it. But I thought it was okay, but I wasn't quite sure. That's my thing. Oh, by the way, Top Gun Maverick, it's worth a watch. Michelle mentioned it a few months ago. It's definitely worth a watch. Don't go into it with too much of this is the way things really are because it's just Tom Cruise, right? Yeah. I think, okay, reading yours, your tweets about it, I don't think that really counts as spoilers. You were critiquing some aspects of the movie, but it's all like, okay, well, we know this character is in it because of the commercial or Here's a character name. I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know who it is. Okay, whatever. Don't care. It's not like you were going, and here is how the ending went. I did talk about the ending, but yeah. Well, yeah, but you didn't be like, here is the beat by beat of how it went down. It was just like, okay, the movie ended. Yeah, well, thanks for reading my tweets. Now I know somebody did. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Wong and Madison. Are they a good couple? Is this going to last? Is this just two friends? Is this a couple? I couldn't entirely tell. I want them to be besties. Yes, they need to That's be besties. I want the Wongers and Madison fight demons and go day drinking TV show stat. Listen to me, Kevin Feige. It writes itself. You know, first episode, of course, they're going to try to find Jake. Jake's not there. The rest of the season is them trying to find Jake, going through these dimensions, trying different alcoholic beverages along the way, having fun. I want them to be besties. I want best friends forever. Are we just going to completely gloss over the fact that Jake could be a reference to Mephisto? <laughs> well, is, is Mephisto's not a goat, though. Jake is a goat. Which, if the demon had been named Philip, I would have died because Black Philip is a thing from the movie The Witch. But anyway, the fact that she is so nonchalant about, oh, six drops of her blood and I can't talk about this or else he'll reap the souls of everyone I love. She's just, she's so chill about it. I love her. Maybe she's Mephisto. Ooh, that would be a deep cut. <sighs> That'd be so wrong for Wongers, though. I mean, getting attached to anybody and then, oh, you're Mephisto. No, I don't think they'll do that. This is meant to be a good friend. Get a different side of Wongers. Going to get some Froyo. Does anyone else think that the stinger scene at the end, the shawarma scene, was completely improv? It felt improv to me. I would think so, just because of the fact that they were eating the popcorn while they were talking and everything, and then they just went with it. Because normally, if you're doing something like that, you would want to 
at least do ADR or something like that, because he kind of mumbled a couple of Benedict Wong mumbled a couple of words as he was eating the popcorn and stuff like that. So just based on that, I didn't think about it until right now. I think you might be right. There was one point, I forget what she said, but he kind of cracked, like he started laughing and then recovered real quick. Yeah, it's, well, Twitter armor for the week, right? As Jennifer Walters <laughs> told us. God, I love the fourth wall break so much. It's just, it's perfect. Oh, there was that one time where in the courtroom where she turned around and she was like, oh, this was a bad idea, right? And it turns, and I thought she was talking to us, but she was talking to Wong. It was such a fake out fourth wall break there. We didn't run into the fourth wall breaks yet. We didn't critique them. Chris, you're the fourth wall break guy. What did you think of them this episode? I think they were really good this episode as well. I mean, they've been really good on all of them. I think we're finally getting into a nice groove of these are things that we actually do need to be hearing from Jen. But also just seems like the kind of thing that I would be thinking to myself if I was in her situation. So let's talk about the dating and I can't talk about dating because, you know, I just don't date. I'm I'm not dating Chris. You know, I know you're married and Lauren, I know you're married, but you know, dating's available. You can date your spouse. You can, if you're an open relationship, you can date other people. But I think the real person here to talk about dating is Michelle. So what's up with the dating in this episode? Oh, God, this hit me on so many levels. I did eHarmony, Match, and dear God, okay, Cupid, uh, I am not on Tinder, so don't even try to look for me there. Here's the thing. Also, this being in Los Angeles and me living in Los Angeles, here's the thing. I was asked out on a date to go to the Santa Monica Pier. It's a great place. But I lived in the San Fernando Valley. And when you live in the San Fernando Valley on the map, you just say, oh, you just cross over those mountains and you're there in like 30 minutes. No, you have to go to the 101 and then you have to go east to the 405. You then have to go south to hit the 10 to go back west because the 10 is the way for the most of us in Los Angeles to get to the beach. And the beaches are already Crowded, where it's Santa Monica or, or Venice because of the people who already live there and the tourists who can afford the hotels there. So asking someone out who lives in the valley to the Santa Monica Pier, it's just, okay, that's just awful. But I went anyway. I was really early because again, traffic, that's another thing that made it awkward. He's all like, wow, you're early. And it's like, well, I live in the valley and I didn't want to be late. I had two choices. And that didn't work out. And then I had a date. Look, if you invite someone to a place that you know is of a certain price range, because Jen, I was stuck with the bill too, but it was his idea to go to the specific place that was a bit higher than usual. It wasn't like, you know, for me, like a first date, my first date place, if they were in the valley, there was this nice little place at one of the malls and it was like this Italian place. I could afford it, but it was nice. I could split the bill. That's great. But no, I got taken to this place was a little bit higher and then he ate whatever he wanted and then he looked at me and I'm just like, I had to pay that bill. I had to pay that bill. Jen, I've 
again, Melissa and whoever approved of this episode, I am with you on so many levels. Dating is so difficult. And I just, I will stop right here to let you know dating is hard. I have a friend who's polyamorous and watching her interact with people on like Tinder, Bumble, all of those. It makes me so happy that I got all of that. I don't, I haven't had to do that in like 20 years. Scott and my first date was to a taco cabana because we were just like little college students. And now it's just like, I don't, I don't want to deal with any of that. It's, oh God. I mean, on one hand, if you're a huge extrovert, I could see how this new era of dating apps and everything might actually work. I am a huge extrovert. This is a nightmare. Okay, fair enough. All right, but Chris, what about her decision to go on as She-Hulk versus Jen Walters? That's something that I'm really finding fascinating here is the struggle that she's having with herself on if she wants to have the world see her more as Jen Walters or as She-Hulk. And you can see kind of the disappointment in her friend Ginger's face and in her face later as she's trying to find a date as Jen. And no, 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 I have no idea if I'm swiping the right way as I'm doing this because I started dating Kaylee when we were a freshman in college and just never stopped. So she goes through everything. No, there's nothing. Gets a notification that there's no notifications, which I think is insane. And then, okay, I guess I'll try She-Hulk. And instantly, oh, cool. There's all these people. And of course, most of her dates are, oh, I just really like She-Hulk. Can I ask you all these questions? Is your skin impenetrable? Um, He must have not watched the Luke Cage series because they're... Actually, that guy I thought was working for the people trying to beat her up in the last episode. And he was trying to fish for information for whoever this mystery bad guy is. But all these bad dates. And then finally the doctor and the doctor comes home with her and all this stuff. And then when he sees Jen in the morning, I'm sitting there like all these. He's being too perfect. The fact that there are no red flags at all means that's a giant red flag for me. He's too perfect in this kind of show. He's probably some Mephisto connection there, because I'm just trying to find Mephisto places at this point. And he's acting like, I'm this doctor, but I just want to hang out with somebody nice and cool. And yes, I do find you very attractive, She-Hulk lady. And I do think it's cute that you can carry me to the bed. And then he sees just Jen in the morning and, oh, you're just a horrible person. You're maybe a two. I'm going to leave. I don't even want my shirt back. Like, come on. You can't tell me that you would be disappointed in yourself for dating Jen. I have a lot to say about that whole scene. So first off, I thought the guy was a like a journalist or someone trying to write a book. I thought that him spilling wine on his shirt was basically a way to go sneak around her room. It didn't turn out to be that way, but anyway. So I was talking with somebody I know who is trans feminine. 
I'm not trans. I am a cisgender woman. But they were pointing out that, like, there's a lot of parallels here. Like, the difficulty in finding feminine clothes in, you know, for, for somebody who's taller. Women's fashion tends to assume that you're 5'9 or shorter. Actually, it's like 5'9 to 5'4. It's really hard. I'm 5'1. It's really hard finding pants that fit. There's also, when you're on the dating app, worrying about chasers, people who are only, they don't want you. They want your identity as a fetish. And then, you know, the morning after, like, oh, I, now that I know who you really are, I'm out. And I don't know if that was intentional, but the parallels were there. Oh, also, something interesting. In the dating part, I noticed there was, there's some cameos this episode that got me excited. First off, the very first guy that she goes out with, I was like, this guy's familiar. He is a former pro wrestler named David Otunga. He was with WWE for like 10 years. And the date when she comes back, he's reading Bad Feminist by Roxanne Gay. I love Roxanne Gay. And then also, so talk about my stress relief viewing. 90 Day Fiance is my, I don't know, Wong watching This Is Us. And Pulte and Larissa from 90 Day Fiance, the, the proposal scene was on there at one point. And I was just like, wait a minute. It made me happy. We can't talk about this episode and not talk about Donnie Blaze. Donnie Blaze, the magician. Apparently, he's actually a sorcerer that left in training because he brought his college roommate and kegs onto the training grounds, which... We all know you don't bring kegs into the training ground, right? That's grounds for getting booted off the island. We're not hosting an intergalactic kegger here. Yeah, hard liquor only. <laughs> I miss Rip Torn so much. Intergalactic kegger. Anyway, we had all that happen, and he obviously is not a very good sorcerer because he ends up opening the wrong portal and everything, but there's so much to talk about with Donnie Blaze. He's it's a fun episode just watching this guy just trying to use this sorcery for a magic show. Can we talk about the name, first of all? When they said Donnie Blaze, I died laughing. For those who don't know, Johnny Blaze is the name of the ghostwriter that most people think of when they hear ghostwriter. And uh, also just random, another random little cameo thing. Later on in the demon fight scene towards the end, there's a, because they're at the magic castle. So there's posters of, you know, famous magicians from the past, one of whom is Thurston. And that person is actually an ancestor of my best friend. Hmm. Pretty neat. So they're in court, right? And it didn't go badly, but it didn't go well. And ultimately, Jen gets her. And I wish Anthony was here to talk about this. He just couldn't be here this week. Ultimately, she goes into the mess of the flying demons. I don't even know what to call them. Well, flying grow fast demons, right? And she holds on to one, threatens them. And here's the point that I'm not sure about. Can you enforce an agreement when you're threatening the other party? I don't think so. But in this case, all she's asking to do is have them sign a non-compete uh, or a, you can't or a cease and desist, I guess, and agreement there. So from my understanding, and granted, again, not a lawyer, that does open you up to liability and they can 
go after you for like intimidation or some I don't know. But you can also argue that it's them coming to an amicable agreement. I don't I mean again, when it's I'm a not contested, a yeah, when it's a contested thing and you've got uh, something dangerous that's happening, and that is the reason why you're suing to not have, and that is actually part of Wong's reason, right? I think for trying to under stop under duress him. is the term. Yes, under duress. So I don't know there, but the other part is Wong closes the portal where these demons came from, and he opens up another portal to the snowy place. These demons can't die. I mean, they might be frozen, but what if that snowy place melts? Right, thaws out. Those demons are still there. So what happens to that dimension? He's just infected another dimension with all these demons. I don't think Wong is just that irresponsible. Well, I mean, there is the whole let's wipe everybody's memories thing. Well, no, he said he was not going to do that. Yeah, that was Steven. He didn't want him to do it. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, I worry about that dimension. I know it's just a throwaway thing, but, you know, I worry about it. I think Wongers went back found them and put them in the mirror dimension yeah i kind of assumed that because the mountains kind of look like um blanking out on the range but the the mountains that are between like india the indian subcontinent the himalayas the himalayas thank you i'm assuming that he put them somewhere where he'll know how to find them later and then went back disposed of them properly at his leisure and then went back to go watch This Is Us. So is this an Iron Fist connection, man? Sure. Let's not talk about Iron Fist. What <laughs> Iron Fist? There has never been an Iron Fist. What are you talking about? In the MCU. In the MCU. All right. The other thing is, I'll bet Wong now, from now on, when he brings on new students, he'll have them sign the NDA and the non-compete clause. I'm sure Jen can direct him to a good contract lawyer. Well, I guess that's what she does, right? So she just gives him the template. That's part of why she's his attorney now. I think that happens. All right. This is fun. Like I said before, it's a fun episode. It's, I don't think too deeply about it. I just critique a few things about it because we're doing this show. I'm glad that I'm watching it. I'm glad that it's nine episodes and it's just a lot of fun. Is it my favorite Disney Plus series? We'll leave that conversation for later, but it's been fun. What do you guys think? I'm loving it. It's yeah, just every week it's it's a nice, lighthearted little thing with which actually weirdly puts in a bunch of interesting, okay, well, if this is how the world is now, what are the implications of this? Like, oh, you know, most sleight of hand magicians might go out of business on account of now their people have actual magic. It's like who needed zoetropes anymore after the movies came about? And things like, yeah, you probably want to start using contracts like actual written legally binding ones instead of just kind of a handshake agreement if you're going to be teaching the mystical arts. Just little, it's it's just the little problems that I love. It's this touch of reality here that's really making me love the series. You had a lot of it back in Miss Marvel. You had a lot of it in Hawkeye, and you're getting a lot of it here. And those three are being easily my top four shows, because I'm not sure. I mean, Scarlet Witch kind of goes back and forth if it's going to be top three or not. 
but this show and just the the everyday human problems that these just happen to be superpowered individuals have to face, I think is being the big draw for me. This show is funny, relevant to me, again, on many levels. I look forward to it. And it seems we're going to pick up the Titania story next time. I'm looking really forward to that, too. I am, too. So episode five is going to be on Thursday. We will not be recording a review on it on Saturday. Nope. We are going to be doing it special time on Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern. So make sure that you check in on our YouTube channel or my Twitch channel if you want to see us stream live. We will be more raw in that podcast. It just has to deal with me and my schedule. And I will probably hopefully get it out on Friday. And that will be our change up for next week. We will still be going on Saturday, except for the next two weeks, just to fit my schedule. But yes, next Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, we'll be streaming our reactions of episode five, whatever it's going to be called. I wish they would at least give us the title a week before, but they don't. All right, you guys ready to talk some news? We got some good ones this week. Let's go. Can I just ask about Donnie's hype man? What's (laughs) up with him? Is he Mephisto? No, he's Cornelius. Yeah, that guy, I was like, why is he so familiar? Why is he so familiar? In the second Hunger Games movie, when they're going on their tour of the district, he's the guy that is very heavily implied to be like Rue's grandfather, who's the first one who does the salute before, you know, the riot. But Cornelius knows Jake. So I guess Cornelius could be Mephisto. Or just someone Mephisto has dealt with. I think we're going to see a lot of these characters again. I really do. All right. We're going to need to talk some news. Some Emmy news. Chadwick Boseman was honored with a posthumous Emmy during Saturday's Creative Arts Ceremony for his role in Marvel's What If series. The late star won the Astounding Character Voiceover Performance category for his role as Star-Lord T'Challa in the What If T'Challa Became Star-Lord episode. He was nominated in the category alongside F. Murray Abraham, Moon Knight, Julie Andrews, Bridgerton, Maya Rudolph, Big Mouth, Stanley Tushy, Central Park, Jessica Walter, Archer, and Jeffrey Wright, What If. The award marked both Bozeman's first win and first Emmy nomination. I think Chadwick was just a shoe in for this, which is, in my opinion, just sad because I think Jessica Walter would also have really qualified for her work, especially on Archer. And the new series of Archer is out right now. Her character obviously is not there anymore. We were talking a little bit on the Discord about her and her character in the last episode of Archer's previous season. And that most of her voiceover from that was actually taken from previous episodes just in order to stitch the story together. But yeah, that is another case where she had done a lot of great work over the years and probably deserved it in the same manner that Chadwick deserved it. But between the two, I'm glad Chadwick did get the nod there. It's just unfortunate both of them were up for the same award. I still miss him. Yeah, there was a post on Twitter yesterday of like, what celebrity deaths like hit you the hardest or something? And 
Chadwick is definitely, I still haven't been able to watch Black Panther again. Just it's, I know I'm just going to cry the whole way through. I should watch it again at some point because I've been wanting to do a rewatch of the Marvel movies anyway. And also it's so good and he's so good, but it's just like, damn. All right, Lauren, you have a little note about the Disney parks here. And I watched this. It was really sweet. I do. So there's a video going viral after the Disney parks. Okay. They call them cast members at Disney. The ones who are, or, or like the face characters, stuff like that. The ones who are playing the characters there for you to interact with. But the cast member playing Shang-Chi had an impromptu conversation with a guest entirely in ASL. It looks like a guest filmed it. And it was at the Avengers Campus in Disney's California Adventure Park. It was posted on YouTube. Good Morning America showed it. And... It begins with a woman telling him in ASL that she likes the rings worn on his arms as part of the costume. And then he continues the conversation. It's so cool. I highly recommend learning at least a little bit of basic ASL if you're in the U.S. Because, you know, deaf and hard of hearing people exist. My friend's firstborn kid is deaf and he's actually at a deaf school. And all of the family is learning so that they can communicate with him. There's a big, big problem with the deaf community in that hearing people like it's just kind of assumed, oh, you'll just read my lips. I don't have to change anything when the thing is, it's really hard to read lips. And even people who are really good at it can usually only get like about 60 percent of what you're saying. So learning the alphabet and just like, hi, goodbye, thank you. I think it's worth it. And this video is great. And it's just let people feel included. It's wonderful. It's heartwarming. It's the bare minimum. But it made me very happy. All right, Chris, you have a bit about future cameos. So this is the fun part. Ginger Gonzaga has promised that there are some unexpected characters from the Marvel comics coming up in the She-Hulk show. Unexpected being, we don't know who they are. We don't know who's playing them. It could be anybody. In an interview with TV Line, Gonzaga, who plays Jen's friend Nikki Ramos, was asked whether fans could expect to see some riveting law drama after Titania started the legal proceedings against She-Hulk in this fourth episode that we just talked about. And Gonzaga revealed that this super-powered influencer's lawsuit marks a turning point in the series as it is now going to focus on superhuman law and the wacky individuals who fall under it. Wacky, on the Marvel scale, is going to bring up a lot of potential fun people, including, if you want to get into some crazy fourth wall breaking, you could have Gwenpool. You keep searching for that. I just, I don't know, with Gwenpool, is Gwen... Owned by Sony? Probably. Yeah. But there could be some really big Marvel arm twisting going on, too. Yeah, Sony doesn't have an outlet for their television shows. They don't have an outlet for their streaming shows, really. They have to go with other outlets, right? They don't have a streaming channel, whatever. They got rid of the PlayStation Network. So, yeah, maybe. Maybe. This was kind of fun, though, and a reveal that we're going to get some more cameos. And I really like that. We know that 
Charlie Cox is going to show up. We know that already, but I don't know who else we're going to get. This could be fun. I mean, this isn't a cameo of the week show, though. Don't forget that. This is a show about Jen. (laughs) According to her in her fourth wall break. All right. We have some feedback to cover. So, Chris, you grabbed a hold of the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Twitter account and you posted a poll yesterday. You said, if you were a superhero, would you put your dating app profile as your normal self or use your superpowered identity? There were three answers. Definitely superpowered. I just want to be myself. And what's a dating app? With 50% of the votes, everybody would just want to be themselves. And honestly, I would date Jen Walters if I was in the market and everything she yeah I, i'd go for a lawyer yeah absolutely uh, yeah 100 uh-huh. percent. and a third of people said what's a dating app i swear i did not vote that and then did, about though. oh and then a sixth of people out there said definitely super powered so there's you know about 16 percent of you out there that are like uh-huh yeah i want me some super powered significant other there you go Probably easier to get a super-powered person to pick you if you're showing your super-powered self. It's like that uh, the dating app that's only for like famous people. You have to prove you have superpowers to get in and use it. I can only imagine that's how the Incredibles got together. Where's my super suit? I don't know. Technically, they're a friend from work. <laughs> it's a friend from work. Also... Lauren, you grabbed the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. tour account and you asked, who thinks we'll see Kamala Khan's mother, Muniba Khan, at AvengerCon 2 dressed up as She-Hulk next year? And we got a couple responses. Starsaber underscore 222 said, or a, quote, surprisingly accurate, unquote, Ms. Marvel costume. Eh? Yeah, that was good. And then at Mr. Paraclete said, I'd say Yusuf would be Hulk again and Muniba would go as, wait for it, Amomination. <laughs> Amazing. Speaking of She-Hulk cosplay, I like wrestling. And this past weekend, there was a big pay-per-view for AEW, All Elite Wrestling, where their TNT Women's Champion, Jade Cargill, who is tall and buff and gorgeous, she likes to do cosplay for the big events. Like last one she did, she was Storm. She was She-Hulk. She was comics-accurate She-Hulk with some green body paint and the purple and white bathing suit-looking thing and a green wig, and she kept the championship. And I was just very happy, and I had to send pictures to the other hosts of the show. I promised I wouldn't talk the whole time about that, (laughs) but I wanted to mention it. Hey, I watched the intro video. I watched her come in because you sent it. Yeah, she's, uh, people were joking. She should, there was when the, the She-Hulk pictures came out and there was like a shot of Jen holding, I don't remember if it was a drawing or if it was the Photoshop of her uh, holding Dr. Dreamy, but people were saying, oh, this should be Jade and Photoshopping various members of the roster as whoever she was carrying. So naturally when she put the poll up of, so who do you think I should cosplay this time? She-Hulk was at the top of the list. And she can carry me any day. Just, oh my God, she is so... (laughs) She's gorgeous. 
All right. Thank you, everybody, for getting back to us on our Discord server at guineageek.com slash Discord and on our Twitter account at Legends of Shield. Michelle, got any ideas? It's Saturday. What should we do? Oh, we need to cuddle up with Wongers and watch This Is Us. Woohoo! Another ex- successful episode of Legends of Shield in the books. Lauren, where can people find you? So people can find me right now on my Twitter at Sithwitch. I have a website technically. I am trying to, because my hosting service went under without telling anyone, I'm trying to get that all reset up. So eventually, check out lwsalinas.com. And tomorrow morning, I am on a streaming tabletop game with Nerds with Dice. We are playing Brindlewood Bay, which is basically Golden Girls and Murder, She Wrote meets Lovecraftian Horror. So come see me be a little old lady tomorrow morning at about the same time we're doing this. You can find me on Twitter at shell underscore game. And I would like to thank everyone for listening and downloading our content. We really appreciate you. Yes, everybody who takes the time to listen to this show and any other thing that we're involved in, knowing that we have people listening is a large part of why we do this. And if you want to hear more from me, you can head on over to Play Comics, where this time for real, because we had some technical difficulties last weekend for me, you get to hear me talk to Dennis Hopeless about his new comic, Hard Eyes. And you can catch me over on my new show, Better Podcasting Chats with SP, if you're into podcasting at all, where I have a conversation with other hobby and passion podcasters sharing our tips and tricks and our journeys in podcasting. It's been really fun so far. And for those of you that are fans of Better Podcasting, stay tuned. Stephen and I will return shortly. Remember, next week we will be recording this 9 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday, the day it comes out. Until then, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Lauren. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm Agent Chris. And back behind there is Agent Pike Trickleg. <laughs> Till he gets demoted. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of Shield, or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. And we're out. So I wouldn't call Pike an agent so much as maybe an incarnation of Mephisto. (laughs) So we've had my cat, you know, with the paws, and now we've had Pike, we need a Cooper. We need a Fulton. Fulton's a sweet baby who will do nothing wrong. He was in the room last week. Remember? He dropped one, a bomb oh, right before we went live. Yeah. Man, that's, that smelled the entire podcast. I'm like, oh, oh my God. God.
It was bad. It was I bad. know y'all have heard the screaming from my house. <laughs> yeah. Yours have, have, I specifically have put yours in the podcast before. <laughs> I do that too. I was asleep by the time you guys sent messages and then I nine o'clock kind of snuck up on me this morning. Yeah, it kind of snuck up on me too. I mowed the grass when it was dark out. That was interesting. First time I've ever done that. My new mower has headlights. So I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. I'm like going, damn. <laughs> damn, man, getting brave. I felt like I was back on the farm harvesting. <laughs> That's what I felt. I was like, what the heck am I doing? It's dark out. But then I started to quickly like think, well, it's going to get dark sooner. and. I've had trouble the last few years, especially with podcasting, trying to fit mowing in like later on in the year. And I mow all the way up to the first week of December. I lose a lot of the light, basically. And I was like, this works. Uh All right. I remember that life in Minnesota. It's like, it's pitch black and it's 5 p.m. I'm getting ready to experience that for the first time. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You you have the eastern range, so by three o'clock it starts to get dark. Yeah, yeah. When um, we went to Winter Park over Christmas and or over New Year's, and it was getting dark around four o'clock there, and it was like freaking me out. <laughs> yeah. You, do you have a sun? I have to have a sun thing every once in a while. I have one of those sun um, lamp things. I know. I'm. I have no idea how any of this is going to affect me. Actually, since they are so far up, they're a mile up there, that if you go out, it intensifies. At least that's what my experience was there. So Yeah, no, it's, it's really weird how closer the sky is. The clouds are a lot lower than I'm used to. Yep. Yep. Right there. Right there. Yeah, it's. It's really cool, but also just weird. It's, and then the some leaves are starting to turn, and well, they're starting to turn here too now. Yeah, this is the first time I've ever lived like outside right now. It feels like a Texas December. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, oh God. Do you have a coat? Yes. Yes. Uh, several. Do you have boots? Yes. Have do, do you, you have, have wool like, socks? Gloves. Yeah. yeah. Do you have socks. I have wool socks. Okay. Do you remember when you layer it's tight clothing first and then yes. you keep okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We <laughs> my dad kept lecturing us for months before we went to Winter Park last year. At least you got to experience that. I even have like the yeah. leggings and stuff. Good, good. Oh. I have these hot packs because when I type and everything, my fingers, so every once in a while I have to have a hot pack. Yeah. So if you're editing and stuff, you might want to invest. Like I've got fingerless gloves. I got these little hot packs. I know they're disposed. I like they're good for eight hours, and I have to throw them away. It's like I'm really sorry, environment, but my fingers feel like they're going to fall off. So yeah. sorry, planet Earth. Yeah. I really love how all of us are rallying around Lauren so she can survive her first actual winter. Like. You know, with the cold and everything, like we are here for you, Lauren. We are just—we're all like your moms right now. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I've—I've I've never lived anywhere with real weather. The closest I've lived to that is in College Station, 
where I encountered Sleet for the first time and um, called Scott in a panic. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we're starting to win over some people on the Discord. <laughs> uh, Jason from Smoking and Drinking in Space and Capes. Uh, collectively known as Sadix, so I'll just call him Sadix for now. And he's like, oh, the last episode was fun, and I'm either getting used to the janky CGI or it was better this episode. I think he's just getting used to it. I don't think there's been too much mm-hmm. changes. I was watching her. I, we'll talk about it on the show a little bit, but I was watching her in the courtroom as she was bent over, as she was sitting down when she came back to her seat, and I was like, yeah, it's it looks the same to me. No, it absolutely does. That scene where she's taking her Tinder profile picture yeah. Um, yeah, it's the the one that's been on all of the like the promo pictures and stuff, and it still looked pretty bad. But you know, I'm used to it. it the show's funny. Tatiana's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, in happier news, is anybody else watching Cobra? <laughs> I've not started it. I started to a while ago, and I need to. Okay, it is the most anime-ass show. I'm binging season five right now. Like, it's... Oh my, I really want to go back and watch the first three Karate Kid movies again. Yeah. That's just a good choice anyway. Yeah, it's just... It's so fun. Like, the the drama there is so comparatively low stakes and everything. It's, it's, it's basically an anime. You got these characters who are absolutely obsessed with karate. And then you have the people on the outside who are like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, Daniel's wife is one of my favorite characters on the show because she's just like, y'all are ridiculous. I want no part of this. Oh, now I'm dragged into it. I am going to murder everyone. She is great. <laughs> <laughs> Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2022.